0: Welcome to the Fierce Mothers Podcast, where we help Black and Brown women find guidance and inspiration every week. We are so excited to have you listen in. I'm your host, Gochi Onyewu. Today I am talking to the beautiful Pamela Shofola. Pamela is the founder and CEO of A Beautiful Closet DC. The Beautiful Closet was birthed in 2011 and was inspired by numerous comments by beautiful and confident women from various countries around the world about the taste and artistic rendition of Pam's style of dressing. Most of these women desire to look inside the closet of this fashion trendsetter. Although she is a certified public accountant by profession, and has worked in this field for over 25 years, she has always nurtured an artistic expression through clothing. Hab has traveled the world of fashion in Europe, the Americas, and Africa. And as such, she has grown to appreciate the innate transcultural desire of individuals to express themselves through the way they dress. Dressing is an art. It is a form of expression. It is the first thing people see when they meet you. The way you dress can relay a lot about an individual without that person uttering one single word. It can portray an individual as confident and strong or timid and insecure, Pam says. Pam's keen sense of art continues to conjure expression of joy and satisfaction in her client's. She strives to offer timeless pieces that are carefully handpicked and that can be worn over and over again without them losing that wow factor. She has also launched her own clothing label called Pam Choffeler Couture to cater to people that want quality clothing made out of quality fabrics. She is very passionate about the eradication of poverty around the world since she worked at the World Bank for 16 years and has traveled to many developing countries where she has witnessed firsthand the true desperation of poverty. In order to continue to serve humanity, Pam has decided to integrate both passions by hosting charitable events at the boutique and donating a percentage of sales to select nonprofit organizations. Pamela is also the Director of Development for Foundation for Special Surgery, which is a nonprofit that provides quality healthcare to patients in Africa, South America, and Asia. So, of course, you know we had a fun chat today talking about her keen sense of style and her dissatisfaction with the quality of fabrics out there which caused her to launch your own line, you won't want to miss this fabulous discussion. It's so nice to see you today. How are you doing? I'm
1: good. Hi, Gucci.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Very nice uh,
1: to talk with you.
0: Yes, I've told the audience all about you, so I'm so excited to dive right in. Maybe you can just kick it off by telling us a little bit about yourself. Where were you born? What was childhood like? And who inspired you growing up? Tell us a little bit about Pamela.
1: Okay, well, <laughs> my name is Pamela Shopala. I, you know, I actually call myself a world citizen, really. But uh, I was born in Stockton Trent, England, which is a town about four hours north of London. I spent my childhood years there. I was there until I was thirteen. Of course, I'm originally from Nigeria. My parents were in England for about 20 years. And growing up, the town I lived in, it was, you know, I'm sure people are familiar with London, of course, which is very diverse, but in Stoke-on-Trent. I know that in, in my elementary and middle school, there were about <laughs> five blacks. So, but anyway, growing up was, is, was I had very fond memories of Stoke-on-Trent. Like I said, it was a small town, so everybody knew of everybody, you know, your neighbours, the town, the little shops you go to and everything like that. And my parents were well known in the community. My father was a deacon of one of the churches, Hanley Baptist Church in Stoke-on-Trent, and then my mother, she taught in elementary school, and middle school, and she was a home economics teacher. So they were well-known in stoke trent So I have very fond memories of of on trent You asked me, who did I look up to when I was little? It was my parents. <laughs> my, both my, my parents, they worked very hard. And I think that is where I get my discipline from. Because my mother is always telling me, oh my gosh, you work so hard, you work so hard, you never relax, you never relax. Well, that's what I saw growing up. My parents were hard workers and middle-class family, but they worked hard. And so I looked up to both my parents and I still do, bless my mother's still alive. My father is past, but I still, of course, hold my parents very dear to my heart.
0: It's interesting. You talk about your parents working hard. So we were blessed to attend your mother's 90th birthday. Yes. She just so the audience knows, your mother's 90, but she still exercises. Mm -hmm. She's still like strong. And it's just a marvel. It's actually a sight to behold. And I, I think that's a testament to her discipline right and her you know her work ethic and and like you said yours as well getting that from your mother Mm -hmm. so thanks for sharing that what I'd love to ask you about which I'm really curious Mm -hmm. about is you had a really long successful career at the World Bank Mm -hmm. and I don't remember the exact time frame you'll tell us you transitioned (laughs) from that back into entrepreneurship so can you share your journey and inspiration yeah, for behind sure. that
1: people ask me all that I mean they ask me that all the time is my my actual background I am a CPA certified public accountant and I've worked in that field for about 20 23 24 years 24 years no. now one thing I have to say is that When we transitioned from, we moved back home to Nigeria and I was in Nigeria for six years, spent six years in Nigeria. So I did my high school and my A-levels in Nigeria. And I remember my mother used to buy clothes and I, I would take her sewing machine and I would alter, alter my clothing. And I went to international school, ISI. And in ISI, we had a uniform, we could choose, we had a certain pattern, it was a striped, striped kind of fabric but we could choose between colors of yellow, stripe, blue, stripe, I think it was yellow and blue, right? And you could make your own style as long as you had the the pattern, right? And so I went and made these beautiful <laughs> uniforms. Everybody used to comment on my on my uniforms because they were very very unique. I mean, I didn't sew it myself, but I designed it and had the tailor make this is how I wanted it to be. So I got so many compliments on my uniform. So, I've always had I've always had this passion. I think everybody regardless of what your career is, you have a passion to do something. I mean, God has given us talent. has given everybody a talent. And mine has been just with fashion. And so I, from there, when I came to the US to go to university, I, well, I knew I wasn't going to come to fashion design or anything like that. My focus was on you know, studying and getting a good career and all of that. But of course, this was still nagging, nagging at me. And so the opportunity came. I worked at the World Bank. I worked at the World Bank for 16 years. The other time was in in other industries. But I worked at the World Bank the longest of my career at the World Bank. And I got to travel all over the world and then see different cultures and the fashion and all these different places. And it just excited me. So there came to a point where my husband had, we had to move to Houston temporarily. And I took leave of absence from the bank. And it was from when I took that leave of absence that I decided I was at home and I wasn't working. I said, you know what, let me delve into this and see. I need to talk about, I went to university in in Atlanta, Mm -hmm. Georgia State University, that's Mm -hmm. where I graduated from. And while I was in school, I actually went to New York one time and bought some clothes and came back and sold everything. So this has been, I came back to campus and I sold all these clothes. And I'm like, huh. And then, but I carried on, of course, with my degree and then continued my career. And then and then it wasn't until 2011, actually, before we went to Houston, I did a trunk show in my house. I bought some clothes from some suppliers and I did a trunk show in my house because people always used to ask me, always used to comment on the way I dress and that they wanted to look at my closet and this and that. And so I said, well... So I did a trunk show in 2011 and it was successful. And then we moved to Houston in 2013 and that's when I took leave of absence from the bank and I said, well let me let me delve into this now and see if I'm I'm not working for the next year or so and then so I was doing trunk shows And on a larger scale, in Houston, it was very successful. And then people started asking me, do you have a store? Do you have a store? And I knew we weren't staying in Houston. It was just a temporary thing. We were coming back to DC. I said, I don't want to commit to opening a store or anything anything like that. But luckily, as God would have it, I was able to lease a space for 18 months. And I said, okay, let me do this. And I did. And it was successful. <laughs> and so the store that I had, the location was off the beaten path. It was not an area that, you know, high traffic area, but people that had come to the trunk show, they knew about the store and that's how the clients were coming. And then and then an opportunity came, We the, our stay in Houston was a little bit longer. And then I opened up another store, which was a long-term lease. And in a a nice area called the Woodlands in a little outside of Houston, a suburb of Houston. And so I had that store. And again, people loved the clothing. I carried women's clothing and children's clothing. So very, very nice stuff. And then the time came that we, and I opened a second one. So I had two stores in Houston. And then the time came for us to move back to the Washington, D.C. area. So for a while, I was flying back and forth to Houston to manage the stores. I had employees and came to D.C. and opened up at the Wharf (laughs) Um, in downtown. I've been there since the Wharf opened in 2017. So it's now six years Mm -hmm. and recently opened up another store at Montgomery Mall about a year ago. Mm-hmm. so it is it's been a journey <laughs> but it's it's sometimes I tell myself why didn't I do this earlier but of course juggling family work and everything it's it's a juggling act yeah but one thing I do say is that when you find something that you really like to do it's not work
0: mm-hmm. yeah it's not yeah. work yeah yeah. yeah. And I love how you you made you asked yourself because I think peop, a lot of people do why didn't we start this earlier when you find right. that thing that you knew you were passionate about yeah I love how you I, I love how you said it was a juggling act. and I think the timing is always perfect, even though we can't really tell right, right. it's seasons. So I'm glad that you called that out. you also talked about it being a journey. Maybe you can talk to us about some of the challenges. The reason, and I love to delve into challenges, because, Mm -hmm. you know, in the world that we live in today, we see the end result. We see the success, the beautiful Mm -hmm. Pamela with all the stores and and everything (laughs) looks so (laughs) glossy. But what people don't see is the blood, the sweat, and the tears behind the scenes. So I'd love to hear about a couple of the challenges that you encountered and how you overcame them. Love that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, very true. And this is what I talk about all the time. People just see the, they see the front, but they don't see the work that it takes behind. I can tell you, and I I, go to you from your book, you say you go to bed at nine o'clock. I wish, I wish I could do that. I don't go to bed till 1 a.m., 2 a.m., I get up at six, seven o'clock. And a matter of fact, I had told myself back in my New Year's resolution, 2001, was to be in bed by 11 p.m. It still hasn't happened. (laughs) I can't. It still hasn't happened. And I'm like, you know, and so it's like when you have your business is 24-7, it's not something that you do from nine to five because you are the one, it is your baby. You want it to be successful. You you have to, if you really want your business to be successful. I think that's why they say they give a five-year mark. If you made it past the five-year mark, that's, there's hope, right? And so I, I am passionate about what I do. And I, like I was telling you, my mother tells me I work too hard and I don't sleep and this and that. But it is something that is really dear to my heart. And what keeps me going is when I see the reaction of the clients or my customers or when I'm in the store and they say, oh, my gosh, you have such beautiful things. You don't see anything like this anywhere. You know, I just love your stuff. That keeps me going because... It is not easy trying to, when I'm curating the store, trying, I'm thinking, it's a very audience process because I'm trying to figure out what will sell. I don't necessarily follow trends Mm -hmm. because trends come and go. But when you get something in the store that's beautiful, that will give you that wow factor that you can wear over and over again. That's what I, that's what I focus on. Those kind of pieces that when you spend the money, you feel like, oh, I've got my money's worth. I'm not just going to wear it for one season and then throw it away. And I'm sure, as you know, the fashion industry has really changed. There's so much junk out there, which I call throwaway clothes. Everything is polyester, polyester, polyester. Now, I know when I first came to America back in 1984, I had a job in Atlanta at Macy's. And I remember the quality of the clothing, the quality of the shoes, The co- I mean, really good quality. But now what you're finding in a lot of stores, and I don't want to mention, but some of these big box stores, it is trash. And so my goal is to bring in beautiful quality fabrics, your linens, your silks, your cottons, the natural fibers that you don't see that much. Like I handpick everything. I don't have a buyer. I'm the one that handpicks everything. That's one thing when you have your business, sometimes it's hard to delegate because you don't know if people are going to do it like you are going to do. And I think that's one of the things I have to learn. I consider myself a perfectionist, but you also, people may not treat the business the way you treat your business. So I find myself doing a lot of things. Now I'm sure if I delegated, I would be able to sleep earlier. I mean, I still practice as an accountant. So Mm -hmm. that is the thing. I still have like clients, I do taxes and all of this stuff. People may not know, but I do. (laughs) I get the question a lot of times that how did you get into fashion? And well, again, it's my passion, but the good thing is, As an accountant, I do all my financials. I don't have to go to a CPA to do my financials, and I think that has helped me also with making decisions, making business decisions, because of my financial background. Yeah, Yeah, but it's a lot of work. You don't you see just see the front, but it's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes.
0: (laughs) I can only imagine. Thank you for sharing. I didn't realize you were still practicing as an accountant. You talked about the fact that you handpick everything. And I I agree with you. When you talked about throwaway clothing, I call it disposable clothing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I did want to ask you, you talked about the fact that you pick out all your clothing and you source your Mm -hmm. clothing by yourself. Mm -hmm. So how do you, to your point, you don't stay on top of trends, but how do you, source those clothes. So what tips would you give people because not everyone lives in the DC area can go to your store or can ask you for advice. What tips would you give people for finding the best outfits and creating a personal style? That's the first mm-hmm. question. Mm-hmm. And then we'll come back to the second question, it's actually how do you Find the clothes? Do you travel to different places? You do a lot of research online. So the
1: first question, how would you, how should one define a personal style? Exactly. Yes. So So look, everybody has a different body type or body shape. I always tell my my clients, don't be pressured into following trends because not everything looks good on (laughs) Everybody. We all have, we're all not the same. And so, my advice is you always find clothes that look very nice on you. You should know what looks nice on you and what doesn't. Don't follow the crowd. Be your unique self. Okay? Be your unique self. You have your pear shaped people, you have your hourglass people, you have these different shapes and sizes and so I the key is don't be pressured into trends because trends come and go but finding your unique style and I'm sure if you wear something and people compliment you it makes you feel good right but if you're wearing something just to this is the trend and it doesn't look good on you everything I wear looks good on me it does and I get compliments all the time And the thing is, when you wear something that looks good on you, it also boosts your self-confidence, right? It makes you feel good about yourself. I know as we, as mothers, we are very, very busy. We're very busy tending to the family, to the kids, running here, running there. And sometimes we, we don't take care of ourselves, but it's very important that you take care of yourself. I exercise a lot. Like I was telling you, my mom, 90, she exercises twice a week. I exercise because I want to make sure my clothes look good on me. I refuse. If I feel like I'm putting a little bit of weight on, I refuse to go out there and buy clothing of a bigger size. I'm not going to do it. When you wear your clothing, you want to look elegant. You want to look, for me as a Christian, I have to make sure that what I wear is something that will Christ like what I'm wearing? That means I don't wear like revealing clothing. You know, you have to respect your body. I love it. And so the key is to look beautiful, mm-hmm. right? Look beautiful. You're beautiful inside, be beautiful out, and let people, you know, the way you carry yourself be elegant. Some things that you see on the wrong way are not practical. <laughs> You see these things on the wrong way in in New York and you're like, who's going to wear that? Where are you going to wear it? It doesn't make any sense, right? So don't be pressured into wearing some of these things that they show on the wrong way. The other question you're asking me, how am I sourcing my stuff, right? So I do travel to different parts, like a lot of places in Europe, Italy, Spain. I lived in Spain for three years, so I love the, the European cut. And then also being born in England and everything. I just love the European cut. So I have a lot of things from England, from Spain, from Italy, from France, you name it. I have a designer that's from Mozambique, her stuff is beautiful. It's the silks. So she focuses on silks. It's very nice stuff. So sourcing is, it, it's, Again, as I was saying, it's a very obvious process because you're trying to figure out what people will like. And once I have established a relationship with the suppliers, you know, I go to these places and go to trade shows. I go to trade shows a lot. I don't necessarily go online and look, I go to trade shows because in the trade show, you're going to see a million of vendors. And it's, you know, you're looking up and down and it's you're trying to figure out what is going to sell, what people are going to like. And so a couple of years ago, I said, you know what? I'm going to start my own line, which I have. So I started my own line, Pam Shuffler, because that way from, I can source my own material, get my own material, my manufacturers in New York, and be right there following the process from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. So I don't sew, but I design and then just make sure that quality control and all of this is followed because I just got so tired of just seeing so much polyester out there. When I go to, to these trade shows, I said, there are still people out there that want quality clothing. You want stuff that's going to last long. And again, it's not trend where it's here, it got today and gone tomorrow, but you can continue to wear over and over and get that wow factor.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. And the funny thing is, the polyester and the trash and all the rest of it, yeah. the cheap stuff, it's not actually cheaper in the long run. You can invest in some quality pieces mm-hmm. that you mm-hmm. can wear over and over again, right? Mm-hmm. Just be versatile. I found, right. and not have to spend a fortune, right, right on on quality pieces. I love that right. you mentioned that. Talk to us. You talked about balancing. You talked about the fact that you're a mother. You talked about balancing <laughs> your time, which clearly you're super busy. So I'd love to delve into that a little bit more. How do you balance your role as a business owner and a mother? I know your boy's a little bit older now, but, yeah. still, but it's a yeah. juggle. So talk yeah. to us about that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. So I know as, as mothers, we juggle everything, right? And I know that when I was working full time, it's you go to work, and you know that, and I I have to I have to give credit where it's due because my mother, my kids were never in daycare. I was so lucky. Mom came from Nigeria and she was with us and she helped with the kids. And so my kids were never in daycare. Because as mothers, we have that guilty feeling. I'm working, you know, not not everybody has the luxury to stay at home. They're also single mothers. And so I, I first want to thank God that my mom was around to help because at work, you what you're thinking, oh my gosh, I need to, I'm not spending enough time with the children. I'm working nine to five. Really. By the time you get home, you're you're tired, you're spending just a few hours with the kids before they go off to bed and all of this stuff, right? And so My mom was able to help. And then the thing is we moved to Spain. So actually we moved to Spain, which was a blessing to me in disguise when my husband was in the the Navy and we were stationed to Spain when Rotimi, our youngest, was seven months Mm. and Yemi was two. And so we were there for three years. So it was the perfect time. Again, I had to take leave of absence from the World Bank, but it was the perfect time. But then when I came back... So they were going into, Yemi was going into kindergarten and I was back at work full time and Brittany was pre-K. And at that time they were in school, that's right. It was when they were born, mom was around, but I felt so guilty having to leave them, but trying to juggle, you know, and then you want to, you want to be perfect at work. You want to be perfect at home. You want to be there for your your spouse, your husband, and you're juggling all these things. And, And I just thank God that he gave me the strength. Of course, I did. I was always there. Let me just put it. Because my family comes first, regardless of business, regardless of work, my family comes first. I always made sure that my kids, whatever functions they had at school, whether it's recitals, music recitals, or whether it's sports activities, I was always there as a mother because my husband, his job, you can't just pick up and leave, right? So one of us has to do. it. And so juggling, I know that we all face it. It is a juggling act. Some of us don't have the options where we have the help. And like you can talk about Nigeria. Everybody has help mm-hmm. here in, the, in, the, in America or England or wherever. We do everything by ourselves. And so it was a lot of work. It was a lot of work, juggling work and the kids. Now, when I started my own business, I had the flexibility. Mm-hmm. The boys were in middle school when I started, when I really started to, you know, open up the store, they were middle school in Houston. And I had workers, which gave me the flexibility to be able to drop the kids off at school, pick them up, be there and all of that. So having a business, if you have people working for you, then you have that time to be able to be there for the kids. And so that's what I do like about having my own business. Now, the kids are are grown. My oldest finished college last year and then routinely the younger one just graduated a couple of weeks ago. Even through university, how we say we don't want to be a helicopter mom, but I was over them. I, I know their schedules. I know when they have their exams. I pray with them. Very important. I pray with them. Every time they had an exam in college, I want to know when they when their exams are so I can pray with them the night before.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So even though our kids grow up, we'll always be a mother, right? We'll always be there for them. We'll always be there cheering, cheering on team, you know, as parents. And so it is going to continue, but at least now. I have more flexibility.
0: Yeah, I hear you. You know, so as you were talking, I'm sure there are people who are listening and wondering, people who maybe their kids are younger, maybe they, to your point, don't have help, have to work, have mm-hmm. to have that guilt, that mom guilt, which I talk about all the time, who feel stressed out, who feel, mm-hmm. feel pulled in so many different directions. What would you say to them in terms of self-care? Because no matter how busy or how pulled you are, it's so important to take care of yourself. What encouraging words would you say to them in terms of finding time, even Mm -hmm. if it's just whatever is, it doesn't have to cost a lot of money, but something that you can just say, this is my time Mm -hmm. to recharge, refresh and just come back strong. What would you say to people in that position? Yeah, for me.
1: I love to exercise, which is calming for me. Yeah, and I mean, not everybody exercises, but take time out, even if, even if you have to take off a day from work while the kids are in school, and go maybe go to a spa, get a good massage. I used to love getting massages. As mothers, we we keep on going, going. Obviously, when I get the massage from head to toe, I feel so much better, and all that, I'm able to relax, relax my mind. We have to take time out. You could go to a park. You could read a book. You could pick up a Goji's book and just sit and relax and have time for yourself. It's very important to have your me time because we're constantly taking care of everybody else. And my mother always says, your health is your wealth. Your health is your wealth. If you don't have your health, then you have nothing else. Yes. So it's very important to to just take time out and don't be guilty about it. Don't be guilty about, okay, you're having your time. It's your day. Even if you have to take off a day off from work and sick leave, take a day off and just go relax, pamper yourself because you deserve it. You're busy taking care of everybody else. You deserve it. One thing for me is having it as a business owner, it never stops. The only time that I can really get away from everything is when I travel. Mm -hmm. I love to travel. As a family, we love to travel. And that is the only time I am only really to get away from work because now I'm forced Two. And I'm still up one, two o'clock in the morning, whether it's I'm doing the financials or I'm doing ordering or whatever. And, um, I keep telling myself I need to get in bed by 11. I, and the thing is, if you're a workaholic as a mother, you don't know when to stop. Sometimes you may have a list. I want to do this today. And you want to get through that list. And if you don't, you feel guilty. Mm -hmm. Oh, I didn't get through this list. I didn't finish everything. Well, tomorrow's another day. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: We have to learn to say tomorrow's another day. If I didn't get to it, don't feel guilty. I will continue tomorrow.
0: No, these are great tips. If I don't get through it, I will continue tomorrow. Mm -hmm. (laughs) To your point, it's a journey. And I'm learning because I'm right there with you, right? So. Mm I think as we start to wrap up, this has been really great. I would love to ask you about style. If we go back to style, because style and fashion is your, is your passion. As a mother, you talked about really busy. As mothers, we're all super busy running around. The soccer trips, the field trips, the picking from school, the shopping at the grocery store, the everything. But sometimes <laughs> you can just throw on the first thing and run out the door. Mm -hmm. So how can mothers who are busy but still want to look good, even if they're at the grocery store, what are some simple things they can do to incorporate style into their everyday life? Into their
1: everyday look? Yes. Yeah, it's funny because people say they never see me in tennis shoes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Come to think of it. Yes.
1: I only wear tennis shoes when I'm exercising. That's the only time. I do not wear tennis shoes. So people, it's funny. We One we mother a bullet. she's like, Pam, I never see you in tennis shoes. No. Even when I used to drop off the kids. There's nice, comfortable clothing out there. It's not that you have to go and dress up to be going to, to the grocery store. But I always, you know, for me, style is everything. I mean, like there's nice comfortable clothing that is stylish out there. You, know, you could put a pair of nice jeans on and a nice top and a pair of wedges. In society here, I think versus Nigeria or England or Europe, it's totally different. You know, when you go out to you look presentable. You look, and I think that's just in me. And I think not only that, you never know who you're going to meet in the grocery store. So be ready, right? You know, I've always said the way you look, people, that this is the perception they have of you. You could be, if you throw something on, you could be the most intelligent person. People people label you. So it's very important to present yourself. And so I always make sure wherever I go, I look presentable because you just never know who you're going to meet along the way. Yeah. That is my advice. And this is the thing I tell the boys all the time. I'm like, even going to church, in church, this is a place that we're going to worship God. You should come in your Sunday best. This is just me.
0: People may not... But
1: this is,
0: I agree with you. And, you know, if you look at the the way I, use my, my kids always laugh, like you, you, mommy, you dress up to go to the grocery store and I always crack a joke. I'm like, it's the one time that I wear sweatpants and look like a mess and I'll meet somebody that I haven't seen in 20 <laughs> years. And they'll be like, oh my God. So we laugh about that. But I think really it comes down to the message I want to convey is that we are queens. If you think about it, mm-hmm. we are royalty.
1: Mm-hmm. And we have
0: to act in in, in alignment with who we are, right. right? If you think of yourself as royalty, every decision you make, the way you dress, the way you show up in the world has to align with that because you, exactly. you see yourself as precious. Right. So other people's perception of you should be precious too. <laughs> right. I think it's just having that perspective. I, I love, I think you are a, such a great model for that. Even when you're at home, you're like, I'm like, wow, does she does she go to sleep like dressed up? I don't know. But it's such, it, it really is. It's such a joy to see. So as we round up, this has been awesome. Pamela, uh... is there anything... You would like the audience to know that I haven't asked. And I will put, by the way, before you answer, I will put the addresses of your stores in the show notes so that people who are local, please take time to go check out her stuff. It's gorgeous. I can say that from experience. I still have some pieces of yours from years ago that Uh. are still like holding up some great quality stuff. But yes, back to the question, if there's anything that you'd like the audience to know as we round up, please sit. I
1: just want to say that as women, this has been great. Thank you, Gochi, for having me. You're just amazing. And you have this platform to encourage women, which we we really need, you know, and we need to be here to support one another. But as mothers and, and you're juggling all this, don't don't put pressure on yourself. You're mm-hmm. all very beautiful. Mm-hmm you have the royal blood flowing through your veins and i just do want to say that regardless of the pressures of life just make sure you take time out for yourself and 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 pamper yourself because you deserve it we all deserve it and don't feel guilty about that awesome. you know and just take time to recharge yourself on on a, a regular basis
0: yes. yeah Awesome. Mm -hmm. This has been so great. I'm always inspired when I talk to you, Pam. So thank you for being on the show. You're
1: welcome.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode. What was your main takeaway from this episode? What did you like? What, in your opinion, are some ways that we could improve? I want to hear from you. You can reach me at ugochi at fiercemothers.com. To learn more about Fierce Mothers, please visit our website at FierceMothers.com and join our mailing list for our weekly newsletter. The newsletter provides powerful tips and inspiration for life. Please remember to like and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Fierce Mothers. Follow me on LinkedIn at Ugochi Onyewu. We are building an engaged community of Pierce Mothers. So please tell your friends about the show. See you next week. Thank you.